Good morning. And a blessed Christmas to you all on this joyous day as we gather to celebrate, continue celebrating, the Nativity of our Lord. Uh, I will turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin at this time for our Focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings in today's service. In the beginning, God created all things through his word, his son. But man fell into sin, and with man all creation was cursed. Therefore, God spoke his word again, this time into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle of our human nature. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Son of God took on our flesh and blood and died on the cross in order that we might receive the right to become the children of God through faith. Baptized into Christ's body, we are made partakers of a new genesis, the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man has truly appeared. And just as our Lord Jesus Christ came in such humble means some 2,000 years ago, he comes to us now very humbly in and under bread and wine, but to give us his divine glory, to give us the forgiveness of sins, salvation, and the promise of heaven, which he won for us by his blood on the cross and in his empty tomb on Easter. And so he bids us then to gather together and receive this in unity of one confession, Therefore, those joining us at the altar this day should be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining together in that one common Orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Now, normally I would direct you to uh, the catechism, but it's not Sunday morning for one. Uh, but we do have something for the children uh, if you want to have a little more information about this festival of the Nativity of our Lord that is found there on the back of the bulletin for the divine service this day. It is divine service setting three. Uh, as it begins on page 184. And our first hymn is a processional hymn, so if you give me just a moment, I'll make my way back to the uh, back of the sanctuary, and then I'll ask you to stand for the procession. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Exodus chapter 40. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This is the word of the Lord. 
The epistle is from Titus chapter 3. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people, his own people, did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, on this Christmas morning, dear saints, I invite you to consider with me three births of the Son of God. You might be scratching your head, but hang with me. His eternal divine birth, his physical birth of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem, and his birth in the hearts of all Christians. I know it may seem pretty heady for a Christmas morning, but... There are a lot of riches to mine here. We're going to dig right in. We confess the eternal divine birth of the Son of God in the Nicene Creed, as we just did minutes ago, begotten of his Father before all worlds. We also confess in the small catechism's explanation of the Creed that Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity. This is what is called the eternal generation of the Son from the Father. It is the eternal, meaning it did not happen in time. God the Father has always been the Father of His Son. And the Father and the Son have always been Father and Son. David writes in Psalm 2, verse 7, I will, I will declare the decree, the Lord has said to me, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. Now, the today in that passage is the eternal day. Before time began, the Father begat the Son. The Bible assigns many names to the Son of God, and we've examined a handful of those throughout the Advent season leading up to this day. He is called the Word. He is called Wisdom. In fact, listen to what Wisdom says in Proverbs 8, 22 and 23. 
The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning before there was ever an earth. And the prophet Micah, in writing of the Son of God, says this, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Whenever the New Testament calls Jesus the only begotten Son of God, it is referring to his eternal divine birth, generation. The Son receives his deity from the Father. He has the very same nature as the Father, yet he is a distinct person, capital P. The Father and the Son have eternally existed together in perfect love. The love of God the Father for his only begotten Son is greater than any human mind or heart could ever fathom or comprehend. It is a pure, holy, divine, and eternal love. There is nothing that belongs to the Father that does not also belong to the Son. The eternal and divine birth of the Son of God is so far above us that we just simply cannot understand it. We can only confess in simple faith what God has so graciously revealed to us in his word, the Bible. We know that the Father has begotten the Son from eternity because God has revealed this mystery to us in the words of Holy Scripture. We know that the Holy Spirit eternally proceeds from the Father and the Son because this is also taught in the words of the Bible. How this can be is beyond our knowledge. We bow before the mystery that is God. One divine essence, three distinct persons. You still with me? <laughs> Good, we're going to keep going. The second birth of the Son of God is his birth of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. His eternal divine birth of the Father required no mother. His physical birth from Mary required no father. He receives his divine nature from the Father as we confess in the creed, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. He receives his human nature from his mother. She was a pure virgin. She'd never known a man. She was a virgin when he was conceived in her womb. She was a virgin when he was born. He who was God from the Father alone is now man from his mother Mary alone. As the ancient hymn confesses, not by human flesh and blood, by the Spirit of our God was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring, pure and fresh. The highest mystery of the faith is the Holy Trinity. It rises so far above us to leave us in wonder as we confess this holy truth against all idolatry and heresy. The Holy Trinity is the only true God. God the Father is God. God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. Yet there are not three gods, but one God. Each person of himself is fully God, and yet there remains an eternal unity between three persons. The Father begets the Son from eternity, and the Holy Spirit from eternity proceeds from the Father and the Son. This highest mystery of the faith is an eternal truth that is revealed to us most clearly in the historical events at Bethlehem and Calvary. At Bethlehem, the eternal Son of the Father becomes human flesh and blood by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Mary knows no man. The Holy Spirit comes upon her. The Holy Spirit did not become the Father of Jesus. Jesus received his deity from the Father in eternity, and he received his humanity from Mary, his mother. What the Holy Spirit did is above our understanding. But St. Luke records what the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, 
the Son of God. The Son of God, who had existed eternally with the Father, was born of a woman. Dear saints, it's important to know that when the church, that when we in the church call Mary the mother of God, we do not do so in order to worship Mary. Mary herself was in need of a Savior, as she plainly confessed in the Magnificat, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. No, when the church calls Mary the mother of God, we are confessing the truth about Jesus Christ. The truth about Jesus is not that a man became God. That didn't happen. The truth about Jesus is that God became a man. He who was begotten from the Father before all worlds from eternity was not in the fullness or was in the fullness of time born of a woman. In this way, God joined the human race. That's mind-blowing. The Almighty and Eternal God joined himself to our own flesh and blood, and within the womb of the Virgin Mary, our God became our brother, as we examined and confessed last evening. What a wonderful, profound mystery. As Luther has said, He whom the worlds cannot enclose in Mary's bosom doth repose. And from Gerhardt, God is man, man to deliver. He did his son His dear son now is one with our blood forever. We could not rise up to heaven. We could not bring God down to us. We were trapped in our own weakness. More than that, we were bound fast in the chains of the devil because we had given that liar and that murderer our souls, or our murderer of souls, our heart, forgive me. We had embraced hatred, deceit, covetousness, violence, and the worship of our own wants and our own pleasures. We had shut God out and found ourselves powerless to let him in. Every effort to raise ourselves up to heaven simply made us more deserving of hell. All our affections, especially our spiritual affections, were set on death. To borrow a military example, as the missile cannot help but chase after the source of heat, we were literally hell-bound because of our incurable love of evil. We will sing about this very truth today. Come from on high to me, I cannot rise to thee. Cheer my wearied spirit, O pure and holy child, through thy grace and merit. Bless Jesus, Lord most mild, draw me unto thee, draw me unto thee. And so he does. He is born in us. What a wonderful birth that is. Do we know that the miracle of Christ's birth in our hearts is as wonderful as the miracle of the virgin birth of Bethlehem? Think about it. It is no more possible for one whose heart is cold and dead to make himself spiritually alive than it is for a virgin to conceive and bear a child. Neither is possible with us. Both of these births are achieved solely by the grace of God. Consider how similar are Christ's birth from the Virgin Mary and Christ's birth in our hearts. Now, there are five similarities. All right, I'll try to keep you up on which one's which here. First, it's the Holy Spirit by whose miraculous power the birth occurs. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and then born of the Virgin Mary. Likewise, we are born again by water and the Spirit when in holy baptism Christ is born in our hearts. Second, pardon me, it is by the power of the Word of God. The angel Gabriel preached. 
the word to Mary to tell her that she would become the mother of the Savior. And so she became. As the angel's word had said, just so we are born again, as St. Peter writes, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, third, It is God who gives us the faith to receive this holy birth. Mary responded to God's word in faith. She said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. This faith was God's gracious creation within her. As soon as she believed the promise, the holy child was conceived in her womb, and so it is with us. As our text says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I've always been kind of partial to the one part of that verse where the NIV translated it, not by human decision. That's what it's getting at. Christ is born in us when we are born from above. Anothen in the Greek. This is what the new birth is all about. It doesn't come about by a natural birth. It isn't because of our own will. It has nothing to do with human striving, working, struggling, or doing. It is a birth that God and God alone causes. Our faith is not that cause of Christ being born in us. Christ being born in us is the cause of our faith. The Holy Spirit did a miracle in Mary's heart before he did the miracle in Mary's womb. And in every Christian heart in which Jesus dwells by faith, the same wonderful miracle occurs. So now forth. The miraculous birth of Jesus from the Virgin Mary was immediately followed by persecution from Satan. Because Satan, through his agent Herod, tried to murder the newborn child. So it is with us. As soon as the Holy Spirit brings Christ into our hearts, Satan tries to tear him out of our hearts by means of lies, false teaching, and persecution. But we who know Jesus by faith also know that Christ's victory over the devil occurred when Jesus suffered the most. This is why we don't shun suffering as Christians, as God's children. We do not buy into the false notion that says, if God loved us, he would never let persecution or pain come to us. Far from it. We look at the ridicule, mockery, and persecution of the world, as well as the suffering inside of us, as our sinful flesh attacks our holy faith. We know that God triumphs through suffering. The death of Jesus, by which all our sins were washed away, is our greatest glory. When we are privileged to suffer as Christians, this is an honor as well. We can only grasp that by faith. When the battle between faith and unbelief rages within our hearts, we will take to heart our Lord's words, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, be of good courage. I have overcome the world, he says. Finally, five. When Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, the angels could not help but sing praises to God for such a wonderful birth. Glory to God on the high and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it is when faith is born and rekindled in our hearts, we cannot but praise our God. The word of God that brings the word made flesh into our hearts brings from those hearts words of praise. So we sing and pray and praise the God who has visited us in the person of his eternal son, made flesh in the virgin's womb, and now at home in our hearts. 
Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, prepare a bed soft undefiled, a quiet chamber set apart for you to dwell within my heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord would lift our hearts to hope and joy in the celebration of our Savior's birth, and that we would manifest this joy and witness to the world. Let us pray to the Lord. For churches, schools, and every place where the good news of God in our flesh is taught, that the voice of truth may be discerned from all error, so we may know and confess with joy the good news of our Savior, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. That the Lord would preserve those threatened by persecution for the sake of Christ and grant them courage, comfort, and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the nations of this world, that they would be given a spirit of peace so that conflicts would cease and all would see in the birth of Jesus the salvation of our God. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord would give peace to those troubled in mind and heart, deliver them from the taunts and temptations of the evil one, and enable us to show them compassion. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord would grant healing, relief, comfort, and peace to all the sick, suffering, dying, and those who grieve, especially Pataney, Norma Horine, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the Lord would bless doctors, nurses, and all medical professionals and caregivers in their service, and that all would rejoice in the good news of Christ, our light and our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord would teach us generosity for the work of his kingdom, that we would return to him tithes and offerings, and that by them we may display before the world our trust in his provision and goodness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all communicants, that we may receive the great love of God, which laid his Son in a manger and now lays his flesh and blood before us in the sacrament, and that we may bow our hearts before him with all those in heaven and on earth who adore him, receiving his forgiveness and life with repentance and joy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, in the birth of your Son, you have called people from every time and place into his body, the church. We give you thanks for the believers who went before us, especially who were with us in Christmas's past and who now live with you. Grant us sure confidence in your promise of resurrection and eternal life and bring us with them at last into your presence. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All thanks and praise and glory be to God. Uh, well, a blessed Christmas to you all. Uh, there's uh, no uh, Bible study or Sunday school this morning, so we'll just bid you to go in God's peace. And just a quick reminder that next Sunday we have 9 o'clock matins, as it is uh, the fifth Sunday of the month. And we will have our installation of officers next Sunday, so please note that. And then at 5.45 p.m., just keeping with that same time that we've had for evening services all month, uh, we'll have our New Year's Eve Vespers then. So just to be clear, there's no service on New Year's Day. Uh, we have matins in the morning next Sunday and then New Year's Eve Vespers in the evening. God's peace be with you and glory to God in the highest. I'll greet you at the door.